What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Athletic Mindset. I'm here today with Liz Kemp, 2010 national champion over at University of Florida in swimming. Um, Liz, welcome. Happy to have you here. How are you doing today? Doing great. How are you doing, Corey? Doing well. Thanks for joining me. Uh, diving right in here, kind of what's your background in swimming? How'd you get introduced to the sport? And, you know, any noticeable challenges that you faced from the start? Um, I would say I first got introduced to the sport um, at River Falls Swim Club, which is a neighborhood pool, and I grew, grew up swimming for Bethesda Country Club as well, and I'm there's seven kids in my family, so I'm number six, so I was able to see all my older siblings be on the team, and I thought it was, well, it was really fun, so I joined the team as well. Nice. Um, now, out of the seven of you guys, were your older siblings as successful at when you guys were younger or like what was their kind of background um the girls there's four boys and three girls in my family the girls all swam and the boys played three of them played lacrosse one played baseball um three of the boys who played lacrosse were all americans in at their colleges and then my sister julie who swam at university of miami was an all-american too and my sister Erin swam at Towson University. So safe to say athletics and runs in your genetics and your family? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. Well, any, I guess, was it smooth sailing for you growing up in age group swimming? Did you know right away you were really good at the sport? Or did you kind of stumble upon success? Um, I would think right away I kind of knew I was good. But when you are an eight-year-old, you don't know what that even means yet. So... Um, I would say, I don't know, when I was eight, I made the winter zone team, and you really can't make it till you're nine, but I went anyways, and I made that winter zone team till eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12. And then when I was 12, I, um, I don't know, I went to sectionals, and I did a time of 53-12, and I was put third in the nation at that point. So I think that was my time where I actually realized that I was good at the sport. Okay. Now, it was that when you realized too, like, okay, I could probably do this. And obviously in high school, but maybe even at college, maybe get a scholarship at that point. Um, yes, because after I did that time, within the next year, I made senior nationals as a 14-year-old. And that's when I knew it was going to be kind of serious, that I was going to be good. <laughs> Now, actually, that brings me into a good point um, that I want to touch on with you, especially. A lot of, I think, female athletes in particular, they experience success at that age and then experience burnout afterwards. And they don't make it all the way through, whether it is to college or all the way through four years of college. What do you think attributes to, I guess, female athletes experiencing that? Um, I think what was important for me was that from the start, my parents always, um, they installed the, instilled the values of family, sports, academics, and social life. And I think I was able to have a balance of those four things. And um, they let me know from the start that swimming wasn't everything, which I think is very important to understand. Um, also, in my 
club experience. I was good, but I also was fortunate to be around swimmers who were at the same level as me. Um, in my actual site that I swam at, at American University, um, one person went to go swim at Stanford, one went to Harvard, two went to UVA, and one also went to Florida with me. So I think being surrounded by people with the same mindset and goals, I was able to succeed because I wasn't tempted by um, people my age who were probably doing the whole adolescence thing. But um, since I surrounded myself with good people, I was able to accomplish a lot of stuff. Awesome. So I was touching on that, your time at Curl Burke, um, now known as nation's capital. But back then, um, they've been historically a great program. You guys have all these great swimmers that you produce almost more intense or on the same level as a lot of college programs it seems what was like a typical training week for you there um i would say at freshman year of high school i started swimming nine times a week which was a double monday single tuesday single wednesday double thursday double friday and a single on saturday or sundays um every practice was structured for a reason and the ones that actually stand out are the Monday night, it was always a race night, Monday night. Wednesday night was always our test sets, and Friday night was always racing off the block. Um, Saturday practice is normally really hard. If it wasn't a Saturday practice, we actually practiced on Sundays, uh, where all the prep groups from Curl Burke would go to one site, which is Lee District, and we would swim with all the other um, prep groups, and you'd be able to experience another coaching style from another coach at Curl Burke. Um, the training was really hard. <laughs> um, I would say the test sets were probably the most, it was really hard. There were four of them that we rotated through a month and one was 30, 100's best average on 110. The other one was That's a good one. <laughs> 15, 200's best average on 220. And then there was five 300's on 330 and then three 1000's. So you would rotate and you would record our times and each month we'd see where we were at in the progress that we were doing. Now, did you know when they were coming in that rotation? Yes. Okay. So you mentally were prepared for that okay. set. Did that help you knowing that you were going to practice that night and that's what you had to do? Do you think you liked having that or would you rather have been caught by surprise that you had this test set? I kind of liked knowing it, okay. um, even though throughout school, the school day, you'd be like, oh, God, I have to do this after. Um, one of my coaches in college would do the same thing. He would email out to us in the morning, the afternoon workout, and when it was a hard day, we would pretty much sit through our classes all day like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're going to have to go about to go do this. But I loved it. I liked getting mentally prepared and seeing like, okay, this is what I got going on. Since my college coach did the same, but yeah. our, those test sets were on Monday morning. So we know about it on Sunday and then we okay. do it Monday morning. Nice. So how'd you stay motivated? I guess throughout, like, like you said, you experienced such a high level of success your freshman year of high school, not college, high school. How did you stay motivated for the next eight years that you stuck with the sport? Um, well, like I said, I was motivated from my peers that were in the same position I was. Um, I also think seeing my older siblings grow up and do the same exact thing that I was doing 
um, probably motivated me to excel in the sport just like they did. And I think it just comes from within. Um, I, you want to get better and you got to realize what it takes, need what it takes to get better. Yeah. Now, did you develop that kind of mindset on your own or do you think your parents helped foster that as well? Or did you just kind of, you've always been self-motivated for that kind of success? Um, I think I, my parents definitely had a role in it. Um, they never put pressure on me at all. And I think that really helped, uh, with my, I, I didn't, nothing was holding me back. Um, I don't know. I think it was all self. Okay. I don't know. And you, you, well, you mentioned earlier too, um, off the record to me, you don't, when you were going into actual races, you don't remember much, um, which in my background from coaching and stuff, I, that's ideal. You don't want to be overthinking it. People get too much in their head about what exactly goes into the race. So take me through, I guess, how you mentally went through a practice. I did each set at a time. Okay. Um, I never knew. I mean, you don't know when that next set's coming. That's going to be the hard set. But I always took each set and I did what I was supposed to do for each set. I didn't hold back. So you tried, um, you tried to chunk it and be like, okay, I have these five 100s that I need to focus on and I'll do everything I need to on this. But also do everything that you need to on before. Okay. Just because you have a hard set coming up doesn't mean that you just not do well on the first set. That's actually one of my peeves is when people <laughs> would not try hard when they were supposed to just to save up. Yeah. Um, I think you need to give 100% effort and just – Get what you got. Sometimes you die, sometimes you don't. I think that applies beyond just swimming. Uh, a lot of sports, I see a lot of people doing the same thing. Saving up for that you know, main focus set when you could really be getting more out of everything else. Um, so transition here, you're going you know, junior, senior year, looking to go to college. What was your kind of college recruiting process? Any difficulties that you had about your decision? Um, well, for the recruiting process, I, I did know at a young age that I wanted to go to Florida. I, I saw them at a meet and I thought they were really cool. <laughs> and, Good um, colors. yeah, great colors, <laughs> great football team, you know, Gainesville's awesome. Um, but junior year of high school, our coach had a meeting with all the, the class of 2006 and just gave us ideas to start thinking about. Um, one was academically, where will, will you fit best? Because that's the most important, because um, academics is very long-term. And where would you fit in the program? Will you be the worst? Will you be the best? Will you be in the middle pack? Um, the, I guess the size of the school um, and the location. Those were the top things that I thought about. And you were to go home and write on a piece of paper what, you, what your thoughts were and then come back in the spring about what you wanted to do or where you wanted to look at. Um, so you, your Kroberg coach was very kind of instrumental in that process? Yes, very okay. instrumental. And then also my parents too. Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at it. I wish I had some more guidance from my age group coach-wise. It was just kind of... Do what you want to do, um, like pick your program that you want to study, see what has a swim program, and check off the schools from there. 
Um, so that sounds a little bit better. What other schools were you looking at? Um, I was looking at Florida, Georgia, Arizona, Wisconsin, and Auburn, which were all basically very similar schools. Mm -hmm. Um, they each had co-ed programs, which I was really interested in. I did not want to go swim for a program that was just girls. I knew that about myself. Um, I, I had been in contact with, well, met, I guess, Coach Troy on the pool deck before, so I knew he was a good coach. And I think the athletes at each school kind of spoke, kind of spoke for the program as to what I should be looking at. Um, they each are huge schools with good athletics, so that obviously was important oh, to me. <laughs> that helped out, too. Um, any advice for kids that are currently going through that process, what they should do or um i think if you write down um the, what's important to you and you need to find a coach that it's i went with a coach who was very similar to his coaching style was very similar to the one that i had in high school um and i knew that's what worked best for me there's other people who take the risk and don't do that and then they end up quitting so i would find a coach that you trust in and um the team uh, the team aspect of like the camaraderie 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 yeah <laughs> i can't say it right i think they know what they're talking about um and that the team aspect was very important to me um and if they were all friends with each other if they all went out together um and also where i should go academically definitely look at that because that's what's swimming only lasts for so long and your life it's just after all. Yeah. Well, I think swimming on like a lot of other sports, uh, there really is no next level after college unless you are literally the top one or two swimmers in the nation at the time. So that's definitely a smart move there. Um, now transitioning to your time at Florida, from a team standpoint, you guys had a lot of success. Uh, how many times did you guys win the SEC while you were there? Just one. Just once. <laughs> Just right. once. 2009. Okay. Um, so, well, when talking to you about your, you listed your greatest accomplishments. Uh, you mentioned 2010 national championship, um, and not the 09 SEC championship. Mm -hmm. So, you didn't win the SEC championship the same year that you won the national title. Right. What was that like going into NCAA's in 2010? having not even won your conference meet uh, about a month earlier? Yeah. Um, well, in 2009, we did win. And then in 2009, NCAAs, our team had a terrible, okay. a terrible meet. Um, I don't, we don't know what it was. It could have been our taper was off. It could have been, it wasn't, we weren't having a good year. Um, but in 2010, I think we went about the SECs. We weren't tapered as much. Um, and we the bigger class i guess was my class so at that point we were seniors mm. before that we were all juniors and there's only two seniors on the team so i think when we rose to be seniors a lot changed with the the team rules um there was more of a laid-back atmosphere and it was kind of like this is what we want to do and this is how we're going to do it um I, our goal actually was just to get top five at NCAAs. we didn't even know we were going to win or had a chance of winning um, I think we were just like, let's go into it, get top five, and then we'll be happy. 
do you think not having the pressure of expectations helped eventually lead to that as the days went on and you guys got closer to that team title? Probably. I mean, everything fell into place, which was great. And place, anything can happen. Someone can get DQ'd, someone who's supposed to get first gets ninth. Um, And especially with being girls, you never know where your body is. So it just depends on if everything's hit at the right time. Um, But definitely, I think we did so poorly in 2009 NCAAs that we were like, we have to do this and redeem ourselves. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely a good way to look at it. Um, Going back to, I guess, your freshman year, uh, your transition into college life, how were you able to maintain athletics, swimming, all while being probably the furthest away from home you've been ever at the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, for a long period of time, yeah. not in by, without my parents. Okay. Explain that transition to me, though. Like, what got you through it? What advice do you have for people that are going through that right now? Um, I think, actually, it was – I kind of eased my way into college. So I graduated high school in May of 2006. And in June, I went down to school. Um, I didn't go to beach week. I flew right down to school, and I took two classes, and I trained with the program. Um, so I was able to get a feel before the fall started, which I think was a great idea. Um, and so I slowly transitioned. So fall wasn't that hectic for me. Um, also Florida does a really good job with their academic advising department and each, our team had an academic advisor. His name is Tim Ite. He's the best, the absolute best. And he was like our school dad. And he made sure, he registered us for all of our classes with our major and made sure that the classes, the hard ones weren't all together in one course. Like he'd spread it out within four years to make sure we didn't have three hard classes in one semester. Um, And he, every day, would check in with us and make sure that we were all doing okay because the schedule is tough. And he was an athlete himself at Florida. He played the football team. So he th- kind of had an idea as to what it's like. And I think he was a crucial part to the maintaining all the stuff that goes into college. You could tell him anything, and he would give your, his advice to you. Um, but also, Florida has a really cool thing. If you're on scholarship, you, without even redshirting, you get your scholarship for five years. So... We were able to just have 12 credits a semester. To, I mean, to graduate from four years, you do 15 credits a semester. But we did 12. And then the summer, you're able to take two credits. And then the fifth year, without even swimming, your tuition was paid for oh, with the percentage that you got. Hmm. So they made it pretty easy for you to be able to handle the academics with your schedule and everything else going on in school. Is that unique just to Florida, or are there other programs that do that too? Or you don't, not sure? I'm not sure. Okay. But it's awesome that Florida does it because I graduated in four and a half, and I was able to have half a year without swimming, which I thought was important to me. It's nice to have that college experience as a normal <laughs> student. I think half a year was a, great. That's, that's yeah. it. <laughs> I think once you let you lose that structure, anything more than half a year is too much. Um. Now, I guess, what was a factor for, or uh, how much of a factor was your coaching environment at Florida um, in your success, but as your team success too? 
Um, well, co- we had five coaches on our team, or well, on our coaching staff, and it was Coach Troy, Coach Nesty, who's now the head guys coach at Florida, who swam at Florida, um, Coach Wilby, Coach Knox, and Coach Leah. So there was five of them. They made sure they always had a girl on the coaching staff, just for girl reasons. Um, but they all got along really well. They each had their own style of coaching. Um, coach Troy is a very hardcore coach. And again, I knew that going into it and others did not. Um, and if you weren't used to that, it was a very hard adjustment. He's a pretty black and white guy. He will tell you how it is when he feels, but he'll just tell you. Um, and certain people can take it and certain people can't take it. I fortunately grew up like that, so I could take everything. Um, but he is a big family man and he had the same values that I saw that my parents had. And I thought it'd be a good um, place for me to be because I knew his best interest was me and not swimming. Um, but he made, I mean, the environment was very hardcore, but it was totally worth it. Um, in the school itself's environment, it's a very athletic driven school. When I was there, we won the national championship, but football won twice and basketball won once, track and field won once and softball won once. So every team was important to the athletic director there and swimming was never left out into the dark. That's good. I mean, that's a good experience. I feel like a lot of other college swimming programs in particular are kind of overshadowed by other athletics at their own school. Mm-hmm. So it's good you guys had a balance. Um, now, do you think you said you related to Coach Troy um, on a family value kind of level? Do you think that helped you listen to him and kind of trust his guidance a little bit more than someone that might not have had that same connection? Yes. Um, yeah. I knew even during my recruiting part of my process, okay. um, I could see that from the start that um, that would definitely have something to do with me being successful. He, um, I don't know, he... He's the man. <laughs> no, no he's awesome. And plus, his kids both, um, two of his kids were at Florida on the cross-country team and in the track and field. So he knew what it was like to be a dad and to have a family. Um, and again, I, just, I needed someone in my face to make me do the work. So I, I think it's interesting you say that because definitely people, or some people, personality types respond really well to that and others get completely turned off and decide to quit or something like that. So it's, I mean, good for you that you were able to stick with it and that personality matched up well. Um, You said your 400 free relay um, set the school record, Florida school record, that last night of NCAAs your senior year. Um, Not only that, with that finish there, that kind of sealed your team victory. what was kind of going through your head leading up to that race, during the race, and afterwards? Um, well, I literally was changing out of my practice suit into my fast suit in the locker room. And my friend, Jenny Forrester, who swam at Arizona, came up to me and was like, Liz, 
Florida's going to win. I'm like, oh, no, we're not. We're not going to win. What do you mean? Because we were in, we had two divers that night. So we went into the diving, the last event before the relay, third place. But we had two divers in the top eight. So we knew we were going to score some points because not everyone had top eight divers. And I got out of the locker room and I noticed that Kara had gotten second and another diver, Monica, had gotten seventh. And I looked up at the scoreboard and I was like, oh, shit, we're in first place. And at that point, I immediately was like, this is it. Um, so Coach Troy, I knew he was on the relay, but he had three definites. It was me, this another senior, Gemma Spotforth, um, and a sophomore, Shara Stafford. And the third, fourth person, he was trying to decide between my best friend, Steph, who is a 50 freestyler, and this other freshman, Sarah Bateman and Jamie Bahanaki. And he discussed it. He's like, I don't know who I'm going to put on it. Like, Steph, you want to be on it? And my best friend, shout out to Steph, she started crying. <laughs> <laughs> they all started crying. And I was like, what are you guys doing? Because <laughs> they were all so nervous. Yeah. Um, but he decided to go with Jamie, a freshman, and I remember going, he told us to win the actual meet, we had to get first place. So we, I'm freaking out because I'm going first on the relay. And I was next to Julia Smith, who went to the Olympics. I was next to all these Olympians, and it was me. Um, You're so, selling yourself short there. Yeah, but. no, but, <laughs> but really. Um, but I knew our team was good, and I was like, okay. First might be a long shot, but we're gonna we're gonna try and do this. So I almost threw up before because I was so nervous. And so we go up, we swim the relay, we end up getting third. And I looked at the scoreboard, like our times. I was like, oh, we got third. That means we got second place in the meet. And I hear my team cheering. And my face is just like, why are you guys cheering? We got second place. But Coach Troy had lied to us, and we only had to get fifth or higher. So third place just sealed the deal. And I asked him, I said, why would you do that to me? He goes, I just want to see what would happen. I'm like, that is not funny. <laughs> but it was great. <laughs> so you put a little added pressure on there. Yes. You guys just to... See how you responded. You mentioned nerves beforehand. Was it a good nervous or were you completely in your head? Um, it was a good nervous. Okay. I, I, don't know, I was like, I literally on my recruiting trip, Coach Troy had said, I'm recruiting a class that will win the national championship. Literally had said that. And this was our senior year and we were about to win it. And I freaked out. <laughs> he called it. He called it. He did call it. Now, did you have like a pre-race routine that you did to help calm your nerves or not really? Did you just kind of go up and do your thing? Um, I normally would warm up a little bit and do some sprints and then just get out and listen to music. I wasn't very mental. Okay. I, I was usually the girl who was talking up until the block, which might have been bad, but that's just who I am. You were that you were that annoying person in the ready room, like, hey, like, good luck. What? How are yeah, you? Yeah, probably. Do this one? That's okay. <laughs> hey, it worked for you. Um, now, is there any other special way that you approach the sport that kind of 
let you stick with it all four years. Um, I feel like a lot of people drop out, especially in college, during that experience. Four years is a lot. What, yeah. What did you do differently? I think it was all about balance. I didn't make swimming my life. Um, I had, like, even growing up in high school, I made sure you're with swimmers all the time, probably too much. But I made sure that I still hung out with my other group of friends who were non-athletes, well, athletes in high school, but not in college. Um, I made sure I had that outlet where my life wasn't just swimming. And um, just the balance with school, family, social, I think that really helped me not focus too much on the sport. Um, And I also really never, I'm not a numbers person, so I never had strictly a time I wanted to get. I went about it trying to qualify for different things and get certain places at certain meets. And I think sometimes people get too hung up on the times in swimming because you could do, you could feel good and still have a bad time. Or you could feel bad and only you can get the best time. So I would try and focus more on places because um, swimming is very hard, and you do swim like 30 hours a week just to go 100th faster. So mentally, I think that's better to go about that. Well, that actually um, translates perfectly here. Talking about goal setting, how big was setting goals for you? You said you just said you set place goals rather than time standards. Yes. Um, I mean, I knew the times, like I, I didn't know numbers, but I never focused on the numbers. Um, in high school and in college, each, before each season, we sat down together and went and kind of discussed on how we were going to go about to where I want to be. Um, and that could be with anything, like I think just having, you know, some guidance, some guidance on everything. Um, but yeah, my goals were always place driven. Okay. Were your, were those like self, I guess, implemented goal meetings or did your coaches both at Kroeber and at Florida, did they initiate those meetings? They initiated, they, every, all of everyone had meetings. Okay. So it wasn't just me. Um, he had, they both had meetings with us every season. And an end of the year wrap up. So you got to see, you went through your goals, they wrote it down, or we wrote it down, and then we'd see what we did, how we can fix it for next year if you didn't accomplish something. That's interesting. I, I think that's how it should be. I remember having that personally at RMSC, but I didn't have it when I transitioned to Delaware. I had to, um, it was self initiated. Uh, I had to request to sit down with our head coach. And tell him, hey, this is what I want to do, why I want to do it. And he was kind of almost taken aback by the fact that I was, like, showing initiative to sit down. It's kind of Really? Weird. Yeah. Weird experience in that <laughs> sense. <laughs> um, what would you say the biggest personality trait uh, that played a role in your swimming success? I would say personality trait. I'd say I'm pretty a positive person. I never, I was able to never, well, I guess always sacrifice what I needed to sacrifice and make sure I took advantage of the opportunities that were in front of me. Um, and if you go about it in a negative mindset, you're not going to achieve any goal that you're 
trying to do. So if you don't like what you're doing, you aren't going to be successful at it. So I always try to go about it in a positive, you know, be positive about everything. If you do a bad time, it's okay. There's a million more. So I think that really helped in my day-to-day training and going from meet to meet. There's always another meet, always another race. I feel like a lot of people get hung up on one bad performance and that lets them just kind of snowball into many more after that. Um, So now that you're retired, you've made the transition from swimming yourself to coaching and teaching. I just Mm -hmm. got a promotion at work. Congratulations. Uh, What do you think you learned from your time in swimming that has allowed you to make that transition and kind of give back to people now? Mm, I would say for teaching, um, it's similar... It's similar, I guess, to so many. You have your goals or the places that I wanted to be at, and I needed a plan on how to get there. Um, for teaching, I teach kids like pre-K autism, and each student has their own individualized goal. And basically, as an educator, I need to meet with the team, and which the parents on the team, and we need to set up ways to meet that goal. And... I have to be very creative with my work in order to achieve those goals with the kids. But I think just growing up having goals, it was able to easy to translate into that. Um, but coaching too, I don't know. It's, is it different coaching in country club environment? Yes. I don't like it personally <laughs> compared to you know like your age group swimming and um, that level that you competed at. It's a lot. More laid back, right? Very laid back. But I will say that I enjoy coaching the kids who aren't the best. And you see them try really hard and go really fast or get 16th place. I think that's the most fulfilling part of that job. Um, And still being able to have fun with the sport. I know sometimes when you get caught up in the sport, the fun kind of, you don't see it as much. Or it's it's not as visible. But in country club swimming, I think it's very fun. And they definitely, yeah, just the attitudes are a little bit different. Yeah. I think my coaching philosophy, at least in country club setting, is to instill that love for the sport and just keep them having fun. Um, You kind of kind of have to temper your expectations. But, you know, getting them to that next level isn't really my priority. It's just getting them to keep coming back every summer. Yeah, I would agree. Probably the same. Yeah. Too. Um, looking back on your career here, is there anything that you wish you knew in high school that your high school self knew uh, when it came to mental preparation? Um, I think that, honestly, I would, I would do it the same. Uh, it, okay. I think from talking with my peers and – Hearing now as a coach and seeing my own siblings coach or have kids now, I think it's really important that you believe in yourself and there's no outside pressure on you. Like I think it's very easy nowadays for parents to get too involved and not let kids be kids. Um, so I was lucky that my parents never pressured me into anything. Um, 
They're very good about it. If you didn't want to do it, you follow through with it and then you stopped. Uh, but I think parents now, I mean, they're having their kids only do one sport starting like fifth grade. And I did five sports up until ninth grade. So I just think they shouldn't have such a closed mind, a closed minded as when you're growing up. <laughs> no, I think that's great. Um, definitely heavy parenting. It's hard as a coach to work with kids that you know are there because their parents want them there and yeah. they don't want anything to do with it. I think those are the hardest kids to, to get through. Yeah. I've had to have that uncomfortable conversation with the parent and let them know like, Hey, you know, I know you want this for your kid, but he's mentally not into it. I'm mm-hmm. doing everything I can. Let's explore some other, some other options for his success. Which doesn't mean always mean what's that that's the best for the team, but it's what's best for that kid. Right. Um, anything that you've learned from athletics, swimming in particular, that our listeners might be able to take into their day to day lives? I would say the advice that my dad gave me, um, it was do not let the sport use you, you use the sport which means do not let swimming or whatever sport it is define who you are. You need to use the experiences, the ups and downs, the lessons that the sport teaches you as a reference or a tool to use throughout your life. It's just another step to get to the next place. I think that's great. I mean, sports are, sports are great. They're awesome, but they, they're not forever. No. Um, they're not. Everyone's career comes to an end at some point. Uh, you don't see anyone playing into their 60s unless it's maybe golf. No. So uh, you got to find an identity past, past your sport. So very well said. Well, Liz, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate your time. Good luck this school year, and hopefully we'll catch up soon. Thanks. <laughs> thank you all for tuning in. It's been a pleasure to share with you Liz's story and what allowed her to be successful in the sport of swimming. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and rate The Athletic Mindset five stars. If you learned something useful from today's conversation, pay it forward and share it with someone that you might think also finds it beneficial. I'll see you Friday as I welcome on former NFL linebacker and founder of Mind Body Sports, Jelani Jenkins. Have a blessed week. Peace.